Hello everyone, welcome back to Paranormal Community College. I'm your host Riley and today we're talking about something many of you probably experienced before and that is sleep paralysis. But we're also going to be talking about shadow people, astral projection, and pretty much everything related to strange stuff that happens when we sleep. And as always, please remember to hit that follow or subscribe button and check out my homepage for all social media links and ways you can support the show. So before I get into what sleep paralysis is, here are some interesting and slightly creepy facts about sleep. Did you know that we don't even remember 90% of our dreams? I know many of you have probably heard that before, but it's always tripped me out, especially because I feel like I have so many weird and vivid dreams, and I'm sure many of you do too. So I guess I always wonder, what the heck is my brain doing 90% of the time when I'm sleeping? What about the times we don't remember our dreams at all? What were our brains doing then? Why do we only remember some dreams and not others? Another thing, about a third of our lives are spent sleeping. A third of our lives are spent in our subconscious, our brain creating symbolic images or events and scenarios that are just so bizarre and that make zero sense to us in our waking life half the time. Our brains are just so cool in that they really are little mini movie makers that can spin these wild narratives where animals can talk and you all of a sudden have the capability to fly or see underwater or maybe you're a different person entirely. It's like each night we are transported to another world within ourselves. Approximately 25% to 50% of Americans will experience sleep paralysis at some point in their life, although many think that number may be significantly higher. And did you know that if you are a night owl or if you sleep on your back often, you are much more likely to experience regular nightmares? And it has nothing to do with the paranormal. It has to do with sleep regulation and sleep cycles and the position of the brain when we lie on our back, which sucks for all of us back sleepers. It's also interesting that the majority of people who experience sleep paralysis only do so when they are lying on their back. Sleepwalking, when someone gets up and walks around, talks, even drives and performs other actions while asleep, has been cited as the cause of at least 68 murders around the world. But let's focus on sleep paralysis for a bit. Sleep paralysis is when an individual wakes up, is aware they are awake, but cannot move their body. They are essentially in a state of paralysis just as our bodies are when we are in REM sleep, so we don't act out our dreams. If that wasn't terrifying enough, many report feeling an ominous presence in the room. They may even see different beings in the room with them, such as shadow people. Sometimes these beings crawl on top of them, crushing them and making it difficult for them to breathe. Other times, this crushing or suffocating feeling is seemingly done by an invisible force. Many report hearing a buzzing or humming noise or even eerie sounding music or voices. Others say they feel like their whole body is vibrating. Sometimes, people report feeling the sensation that they are leaving their body. Finally, for whatever reason, the person is thankfully able to snap out of that state. They are no longer paralyzed or feel like they're being choked, and the apparently evil presence that was in the room with them is gone as well. Some unfortunate people experience it almost daily, while most people will only experience it every once in a while, maybe only a handful of times in their life, if ever. But this phenomenon is nothing new. This mysterious sleep disturbance has been a part of the human experience since the beginning of civilization. It continues to mystify us, and even physicians can't totally explain it, and so far, there is no treatment other than stress management and sticking to a good sleep schedule. However, many contend that something about the sleep paralysis experience must be supernatural. Even thousands of years ago, humans found this nocturnal paralysis to be the work of evil spirits. It was blamed on demons and ghouls and other vampire-like spirits. 
So what if I told you sleep paralysis is indeed caused by the world's oldest demon? Or at least that's what the Jews of ancient Babylon believed around the 6th century BC. They believed it was Lilith and her demons who came to men's bedrooms at night, paralyzing them and forcing them to have nocturnal emissions. So if you don't know the story of Lilith, in Jewish tradition, it was believed that in the Garden of Eden, God had created a wife for Adam before Eve. He created Lilith, and Lilith was made out of the same materials as Adam was, not from his rib. She wanted to be independent and did not want to lie below Adam, and so she left him and went to consort with the devil, where they created hordes of terrible demons, Lilith becoming the first demon herself. The Zohar Leviticus refers to her as, quote, a hot, fiery female who first cohabitated with man. Ancient Jewish prayer bowls and Babylonian seals are inscribed with incantations to ward off Lilith and the Lilin. Lilith and her children were also responsible for causing newborn children to die in their sleep, what we know today as sids or sons. But Lilith actually appears far before the 6th century BC. In fact, the first mention of Lilithu comes from a Sumerian king list in 2400 BC. The ancestors of the Babylonians, the Sumerians and the Akkadians, believed in Lilith or Lilithu and spirits called the Lilu or Alu, who would give people nightmares and torment people in their sleep for fun, sometimes causing unconsciousness or even coma. Interestingly, they were sometimes described as old hags or ghoulish creatures. The old hag is perhaps the longest lasting motif in the sleep paralysis phenomenon. These spirits are also mentioned in the Epic of Gilgamesh where they are said to be demons of the wind who are controlled by the god Pazazu. The ancient Egyptians believed in spirits that would visit people in the night in order to have sex with them, the sleeper thus feeling drained and lethargic when they woke up. In early Islamic culture, the jinn were blamed for nocturnal disturbances of a frightening or sexual nature, or a frightening and sexual nature. Sounds intriguing. Many today claim to have wanted or unwanted sexual experiences during sleep paralysis, and psychologists contend that this is due to natural sexual desires that are being repressed by the individual. In Greece, there is the mora, or sometimes called the vranas or varipnas, ghost-like creatures who steal the voices of their victims while they sleep and keep them from moving or speaking. Being unable to move and unable to speak are, of course, hallmark symptoms of sleep paralysis. In Brazil, it is the pisadera, an old hag with long fingernails who comes into the house and tramples on your chest while you're sleeping. And many experiencing sleep paralysis claim they feel like something is sitting on their chest or crushing their chest. In Bengali culture, we have the boba, who strangles you when you are lying on your back. And like I mentioned earlier, the vast majority of sleep paralysis experiences are said to occur when one is lying on their back, although not always. In Scandinavian culture, there is the mera, who first appears in a 13th century Norse tale. This evil creature sits on someone's chest and gives them nightmares. In Slavic culture, a sleep demon by the same name appears in men's bedrooms as a beautiful and alluring woman, torturing them with desire before killing them. In every culture and on every continent, humans have told stories about these sleep demons. So this very much seems to be a shared human experience that isn't a modern phenomenon in any way, but something that has been with us as human beings since the beginning of time. In medieval Europe, they started referring to them as incubi or succubae, the succubus being a female entity who sits on the chest of a man at night, draining him of his sexual energy while he is unable to move or speak. The incubus being, of course, the male counterpart, preying upon pure young women. The 13th century English definition of the word nightmare referred to an evil spirit thought to lie upon and suffocate sleepers at night. 
and the meaning of the word nightmare has changed quite a few times over the centuries, but that was one of its earlier definitions. During the witchcraft craze of the 1400s, all the way up to the Salem Witch Trials of 1692 and 1693, these sleep demons were often blamed on witchcraft. These witches caused their unwilling targets to see apparitions of dark figures and large dogs and cats, and caused them to act violently in the middle of the night. Throughout time and space, these demons or spirits are described differently. In previous centuries, sometimes they are described as bat-like, sometimes they are large black cats or dogs, in other cultures, they may look like a beautiful woman or a handsome man or a terrible hag. But what do people around the world claim to see during sleep paralysis today? If these sleep paralysis-induced hallucinations are reflections of one's culture or society or perhaps common fears or superstitions, what do us modern folk experience with sleep paralysis? Well, first of all, it seems like most of the time, people who are experiencing bouts of sleep paralysis may be suffering from depression, anxiety, or PTSD. They may be people who are going through big life changes like a move or a breakup or a death in the family or who may be struggling with their spirituality. Some people will only experience sleep paralysis when they are in one particular room or at one particular house. For example, a person may claim that they never experienced sleep paralysis until they slept in their grandma's spare bedroom or something and only ever experienced paralysis while in that particular room. Others experienced it only one time in an old, supposedly haunted house, hotel, or other building further adding to the argument of some who say there is something paranormal about sleep paralysis. What's interesting is what so many people claim to see. It's usually one of a few entities. Many report seeing shadow people, so beings of complete blackness with no face or other distinguishing features. Sometimes people say these entities have no neck, only a head and shoulders, just humanoid beings made of utter darkness. Others see something similar, but they call him the hat man because of his distinctual fedora-like hat he is always wearing. Still, he is made of pure blackness. Whole websites and forums are dedicated to the hat man alone, his presence, or this archetype, being so pervasive in sleep paralysis experiences. And it is strange that so many people claim to see this one very distinct figure. Also common is seeing what is called the night hag. If you've seen the movie Insidious 2, that is essentially what we're talking about here just an old, creepy, evil-looking hag. Others see a tall being in black robes who looks like the Grim Reaper. Moreover, alien encounters and the abduction phenomenon are often blamed on sleep paralysis hallucinations. And there's many who claim during these sleep paralysis experiences, like they straight up see gray aliens or reptilian aliens or insectoid aliens. And they recognize it as, yeah, I was in sleep paralysis. I wasn't, you know, abducted by aliens or anything. But it is interesting that in our modern culture, that is one of the things that we see during sleep paralysis. So people say these beings tend to just exude negative energy. The shadow people and the hat man in particular are consistently reported to emanate ominous vibes. Interestingly, many people think the shadow people are the minions of this hat man character. Like he is the authoritative figure in all this. When people see the hat man, they usually also see a couple other shadow beings along with him. What's strange though is while they seem to admit negative energy, they just stare at the sleeper. Just their presence alone is terrifying and oppressive and people often report feeling like these beings are literally feeding off of their fear like vampires. But to give you a better idea, if you haven't experienced sleep paralysis yourself before or haven't heard very many stories about it, I'd like to share with you a story from one of my Instagram followers and I'm going to share a couple of my stories as well. 
So both of our stories have to do with sleep paralysis, lucid dreaming, and astral projection. So I'm going to start with her story. And she says, Since I was little, I have always been a very lucid dreamer. I used to have the same exact dream all the time. It was as if I was floating in the sky in the middle of all the stars around me. In the middle, there was a partial wall, but it was also covered in stars. So it kind of blended in, but I was always able to move towards it or pull back away from it and even go around it, however I wanted to. I used to tell people about this and they couldn't understand what I meant about how I could control my movements. It wasn't until I was older I learned about astral projection. I've only had one episode of sleep paralysis, still haven't decided if that's what it was. I was dating this guy and he left to go home for the night from my house. I must have fallen asleep right away and I remember I was suddenly in this big old house. It was almost like an old southern home where you walk up the stairs and the doors and the banister make a big square in the middle. I got to the top and across the way, diagonally, there was a man standing there looking at me. He was wearing jeans and a flannel shirt and his eyes were really big and crazy and he just looked really mean and scary like he was going to attack me. But he just stood there staring and suddenly it was like I was reading his mind and he was yelling at me really menacingly that I needed to stop seeing the guy that had just left my house. I just remember it felt so loud, but he wasn't actually talking, just staring. I remember being really scared and I started waking up, but I couldn't move and my eyes would barely open. But as they slowly opened, it was like I was staring directly into a giant white light. As my eyes were able to open more, the light kept shrinking until my eyes were fully open and then it was gone. Then I was able to move and I called the guy who had just left and he had only left my house 10 minutes prior. I'm still not fully convinced it was sleep paralysis, she says. So my experiences are a little bit different, but one of them is really similar in the way that she says it all seemed to happen in 10 minutes and that's perhaps the creepiest part because if she had woken up hours later, it would be easy to say, you know, that was just a weird dream I had. But to fall asleep that quickly and then have that dream and then wake up and it's only been 10 minutes, it, it makes it all weird and kind of convinces you that maybe something paranormal happened. And then to have that kind of nightmare and wake up in sleep paralysis, and like psychologists say, sleep paralysis happens because we are in REM sleep and we're waking up when our body is still in REM sleep. She shouldn't have been able to go into REM sleep in 10 minutes. So I'll tell you guys a couple of my stories. Now I rarely, rarely experience sleep paralysis these days, thankfully. However, when I was in my early to mid 20s, I would experience it frequently and when it first started happening, it was pretty mild and then it got scarier and scarier. I remember leading up to my first experience, I had been having weird sensations during naps. And if you really know me, you know I love my little siestas. But I felt like I was trying to wake up but couldn't and felt like my body was moving but I actually wasn't moving. Like it really felt like I was trying to sit up but my I was still somehow paralyzed but I still had that sensation that I was moving. So these would always happen during naps, never at night or as I was waking up. And so I asked my boyfriend at the time if he had seen me moving or if anything looked weird while I was asleep and he said no, that I looked perfectly still. One morning, however, I had woken up and I was completely paralyzed. Like this was a super heavy feeling. I did not feel like I was trying to move. I felt completely frozen. What was weird though, is that I felt like my eyes were moving around frantically, but my vision was completely transfixed on my ceiling fan. 
Imagine you're moving your eyeballs all around from side to side, up and down in circular motions, but you could only see that one thing, in this case, my ceiling fan. I was so terrified that I was maybe having a seizure or dying even that I don't remember feeling an evil presence in the room. I just felt so panicked and scared. I was trying to move my mouth to yell for help, but I couldn't. This being my first real and total sleep paralysis experience, I was legit saying my final prayers and already imagining, since I was living with my mom at the time, her finding my lifeless body because I shit you not, I really thought I was having a seizure and was going to die. I felt completely locked inside my body. But eventually, I snapped out of it. I immediately looked up what had happened on my phone, convincing myself already that I had some neurological issue or was dying of some scary illness. But immediately, all of these sleep paralysis stories came up. So I was like, okay, that's what happened. It's just a thing. Hopefully, it won't happen again. But if it does, I know it's super common and that it just happens sometimes. But on a night shortly after, I swear I clearly remember looking at my phone and being like, hmm, it's only 9.50. Strange for me to feel so sleepy this early because I'm usually such a night owl. And yes, I could be remembering it wrong. Maybe it was 9.45, 9.40, something like that but it was almost 10 o'clock. So I remember looking at my phone, you know, setting it down on my nightstand and I'm on, I'm laying on my side and I roll over on my back and immediately I am in sleep paralysis. Except this time when I open my eyes, I can see around the room, I can move my eyeballs, I can't move my body or talk or move my mouth or anything, but I can see. And what I saw was this very tall black hooded figure. Like imagine the stereotypical Grim Reaper dude, that's what I saw. And then the next thing I knew, as soon as I looked at this thing, I felt like I was pulled out of my body and that I was wrestling with this being in the air. I remember looking back at my bed and I could see my body lying there. Everything was really blurry, but I could see like my red hair. And I'm looking around and I'm like fighting with this thing and I could see the TV and on the TV, even though it's blurry, I could see that it's still Impractical Jokers, which is what I was watching before I passed out. And while everything's blurry, when I'm looking at this creature or being or whatever, it's crystal clear. Like I can see that his robes are like kind of dingy and dirty. He even has like black gloves on and they look kind of dingy and dirty. I couldn't see any type of face. It was just blackness, but he did have this hood over his head. So I'm like in the air, kind of like wrestling with this thing, this Grim Reaper guy. And then for whatever reason, I am all of a sudden back in my body and I wake up like in a start, I like to sit up in bed, I'm sweating profusely. So the first thing I do is I go to grab my phone and I'm thinking it's gonna be maybe 2 a.m. that I just had some weird nightmare and a little bout of sleep paralysis and I'm okay now or whatever, but then it, it wasn't even 10 o'clock yet. So minutes had just passed by. And like with the other girl's story, you know, how could I have been in REM sleep that fast? I think that's one of my only sleep paralysis experiences that I think was actually maybe paranormal. And I don't care what people say because that one was different. But thankfully after that, I kept only having really minor sleep paralysis episodes. And I'm not going to lie, there are a couple I'm never going to tell anyone about because they are super weird. But besides that, nothing else I ever saw is really worth mentioning. I saw a clown once with a decaying face and I know that sounds really scary, but for some reason, I just remember feeling annoyed, like, who is this dude disrupting my sleep? Go away, and it did. Eventually, another time, I saw a little kid at the foot of my bed playing peekaboo. Again, it sounds creepy, but I didn't get that ominous evil vibe 
at all just like oh this is a bit weird i'll tell you one more at the very end because it's hilarious at least to me and i don't want anyone to have nightmares including myself so it may be nice to end on a funny note so there's this documentary called the nightmare and many of you might have seen it it follows eight individuals who regularly experience sleep paralysis and i'm warning you if you haven't seen it I do highly rec recommend it, but it is insanely creepy and I am a horror buff, like I don't get scared that easily. And I've watched this documentary probably four times and it still gives me the chills each time. It makes me feel that there is at least a hint of something paranormal or just something we don't understand yet that is going on. Something that just is not 100% explainable by science and medicine yet. And the people on the documentary certainly feel like it is paranormal to some degree. But it's also a documentary and is a very creative one at that, so I don't know. Honestly, I've had to convince myself that sleep paralysis isn't paranormal because, quite frankly, I want to go to sleep at night. One of the men in the movie said, quote, When I go to sleep, there's this whole other world I have to deal with. One woman said she saw black ink coming from her body and a black entity was eating it. She felt he was feeding off her fear or feeding off her in some way. One guy even said his sleep paralysis experiences are so severe that he's convinced he will die one day during one of them. And the last time I watched this, I was kind of like, okay, this guy is pretty animated. Maybe he's exaggerating in some way, but if so, he's also a really great actor. In one story, a man is having a sleep paralysis episode and of course can't move or speak. However, his girlfriend looks at him and screams and tries to wake him up because she claims she saw a black cat with glowing red eyes sitting on his chest. Another man claims when he started having sleep paralysis, he continued to feel that evil presence while he was awake and like he was being haunted for real. Another person says that perhaps when we are in these states, we are seeing the quote, raw data, and that our minds can't perceive it all the way and fills in the blanks with familiar, albeit often terrifying images. It's interesting that the nightmare kind of has this whole behind the scenes theme. Like the filmmakers are suggesting that these sleep paralysis experiences allow the sleeper to see what's happening behind the scenes. That maybe these are inter interdimensional experiences or there is some kind of purpose as to why these experiences occur. The Insidious movies, or at least the first two for sure, are horror movies about sleep paralysis and mainly astral projection. The young boy Dalton flows out of his body at night into this nightmare world where he can see spirits of all kinds, and unfortunately, a powerful demon who keeps him in this realm while his body remains in a coma below. And in fact, sleep paralysis and astral projection seem to be closely related. It's during sleep paralysis that many claim to feel like they are leaving their body or trying to leave their body, or others say when they come back into their body after astral projection, they immediately enter sleep paralysis. Many experience this on accident without actively trying at all, although some people may use meditation to try to purposely astrally project. Because unlike sleep paralysis, experienced astral projectors often claim to have very positive or at least spiritually enlightening experiences. Many claim astral projection begins with certain physical sensations. They feel their body vibrating, they hear whirring or buzzing noises. Others describe a washing machine-like noise like their heartbeat but super pronounced and loud. And some of these people claim they encounter interdimensional entities and spirit guides. Some say they are able to travel almost anywhere their heart so desires, and there's a sense of euphoria and freedom, much different than the feeling of fear and oppression with sleep paralysis. According to these astral travelers, anything your imagination can dream of becomes real. They believe their astral body or soul, free from our three-dimensional bodies, 
can now enter the fourth dimension in this state. They describe different types of entities floating around, multicolored lights and vibrations. However, you can run into friendly and non-friendly entities. Some say this realm, whether you believe it's happening in your subconscious, in a vivid lucid dream, or through actual astral travel, they say this realm is chaotic. It's as if the souls of all types of beings are passing through here, or any being you can dream of in your mind appears here. They describe it as merely entering the world next door, the world we can't see within our physical bodies that are operating in the third dimension. Think imagination land from South Park, perhaps. Or just think of how chaotic our dream worlds can be. Think of the last crazy, bizarre dream you had. They usually are kind of chaotic. When I was reading astral projection stories or descriptions of the astral realm, I read about everything from seeing dinosaurs to evil clowns to anthropomorphic monsters, which all sounds very dreamlike to me, like dreams on steroids. It just often sounds a little too much like lucid dreaming to me, which is also still really cool and freaky. What is different with astral projection though, that is not reported in lucid dreaming scenarios, is that people claim to be able to look down at their body and see that their soul is attached to their body by a silver cord that keeps them connected. This is why people shouldn't be afraid of getting stuck there insidious style. However, some people do panic and worry that they will get stuck there and worrying or panicking can attract the negative beings in this other world, according to some. You can even end up in lower dimensions by expressing fear or uneasiness. But before we get into all the things you're not supposed to do in the so-called astral realm, let's look at some stories. Now, I'm not gonna tell this person's entire story because it's kind of long, but he claims that when he was astral projecting once, he received a very unique type of spirit guide. This spirit guide was none other than the Pokemon Lugia. So he goes on to say that this Pokemon spirit guide guided him around the astral realm and kept him calm. But he also says that, you know, after that experience, he doesn't really believe in astral projection and thinks that it's just lucid dreaming. But he goes on to say that that doesn't mean that lucid dreaming still isn't pretty freaking awesome. And I think I gotta agree with him that I don't know if he was astral projecting or in the astral realm, but if it is like South Park's imagination land, who knows? Maybe, maybe there are Pokemon on the astral realm. Another person says that the first time they astral projected, they were in their room and they could see their body lying there. So they really felt like they were astral projecting. And all they saw in their room was this giant chipmunk. And I don't know what's worse, like seeing a grim reaper or a giant chipmunk. That sounds pretty terrifying. Um, but they said it didn't give off any evil vibes. It was just sitting there or standing there staring at them. I've also read stories where people claim that they're in this so-called astral realm and they'll be talking to different types of entities. Like it sounds kind of like a DMT trip or something. Like they'll be talking to those praying mantis entities or um, aliens or people who look human but I guess aren't human and that you're not supposed to let them know that you're human or else they'll feed off of your energy and that's where these stories get really weird to me and kind of too much like a lucid dream but I still think the act of lucid dreaming is still really fascinating and really fun I've never really been able to like master it in the way that other people claim that they can like manipulate their dream and go wherever they want and manifest whatever they want and I still think that astral projection happens for sure. It's just a lot of the stories I found, I think people are maybe getting a little carried away. Like there's art 
Art Bell has a good astral projection story. Um, I think he said he was in Paris and he felt like he was out of his body and he could see his body, you know, and he was like flying out of his hotel room window and he could see all around Paris. Like that, I don't know. I believe that much more than I believe people going to this realm or plane of existence where they can see dinosaurs, UFOs, probably Sasquatch, all these other, you know, weird beings. I just don't know if I, I think that's maybe more of a lucid dream type of scenario, but I don't want to discount these people who have had these experiences. So I don't know. I've just never experienced something like that. So maybe it's a bit hard for me to believe. If there is a place like that, I definitely would love to go there. So if you are the adventurous type and you'd like to travel to this alleged astral realm, apparently it has some rules. So number one is understand your power. Don't let other beings or entities manipulate you. You even have the power to make them afraid of you. You can be anyone or do anything. And I will add this rule to sleep paralysis. As soon as I stopped being afraid of whatever I may see or experience, it nearly stopped. Sometimes whatever I was seeing would just completely disappear if I thought, I'm not afraid and I'm really just kind of annoyed by this experience. Go away. You have power over your own mind and you are a powerful spiritual being. Rule number two is try to blend in. You don't want those negative or perhaps just mischievous souls to know you're human. So they say things like, don't ask for the time or don't ask what day it is or don't ask where you are or else you'll give yourself away. So you're also not supposed to accept any food, compliments or drink. And when I read this one, it kind of creeped me out because one time I had this lucid dream and I'm kind of of the opinion that lucid dream, astral projection, whatever, it's probably one and the same thing. And so I knew I was dreaming and I was in this like old gym and it was like prom, like a high school gym. And I saw this guy and I, I said to him for some reason, like, I know that I'm dreaming. And he handed me this like vial of this liquid to drink. And for some reason I was like, I shouldn't drink this. And then other people around me started drinking it and they started like going crazy and shaking and vibrating. And I eventually was out of that dream. So I don't know, that one just creeped me out a little bit. Um, also, apparently you can't fly through alien spaceships. You can fly in the astral realm, apparently, just not through alien spaceships because they are too dense. Unfortunately, you can't go to Mars. Some say that you can't go to the moon either, but then other people say that they are just so special that they got to go to the moon, so maybe the rest of us just are doing it wrong. Side note, I know myself and many others have dreams about the moon or being on the moon. This is where I just think stuff like this gets too convoluted and borderline delusional with, with some people at times, because how are they so certain it was not a dream? Seems very much like a dream to me still, but maybe I just don't know because I haven't experienced this level of hyper-reality or astral projection. Unfortunately, I guess we're also not allowed to visit other alien planets in general because aliens don't like us. I mean, I can't say that I blame them, but not all of us are that bad. And at least we're not the ones going to other planets, abducting people, probing them, carving out cow reptums, and doing other weird stuff. They seem like the messed up ones, in my opinion. So, uh, You also can't change the attributes of the astral realm like you can with lucid dreaming. Wherever you project to, that's where you project to, but can't you just project to another place? Wouldn't that be kind of similar to lucid dreaming? Or is it that once you get there, you stay in that spot until you come back? I'm confused. Say I astral project to Paris and then decide I want to go somewhere else. It's just, I can't personally believe in the astral realm unless that whole entire place is where we go when we're dreaming. And so it's 
It's very much just like a lucid dream. And I gotta say, I'm really not trying to astral project and end up like that kid in the Insidious movie. Also, if this is where we go when we dream, does it necessarily have to be in another plane of existence or in another dimension? Couldn't it be within ourselves, within our own human consciousness? But if you think you've been to the astral realm or had a weird lucid dream experience or have something related you'd like to share, please email me at paranormalcommunitycollege at gmail.com or you can send me a message on Instagram. What's interesting though is I don't think this is at all a modern new age fad or creation. I think this is a random, perhaps rare aspect of human consciousness and has been discussed for possibly thousands of years. In the near-death experience episode, we looked at reports of ancients traveling outside their body and seeing another realm. As much as 5,000 years ago, ancient Egyptians talked about the ka, or the soul or astral body, and had incantations to summon the ka out of one's body. The Weiwei people of the Amazon believed in something called the soul flight, which was a healing journey where one could talk to spiritual beings outside of their body. The Inuits also believed the soul could leave the body to fly around and scope out good hunting spots, or to ask spiritual beings for help with medicine or anything else that may be affecting the tribe. Stories like this exist across the globe and throughout time and space. Maybe there is something to it. I do believe that our consciousness or soul exists and can survive beyond the body. I just think we gotta be careful in confusing dreams or lucid dreaming with astral projection. Or maybe just because I've never experienced an astral projection episode so vivid, I'm biased and skeptical. But what do scientists and the medical community have to say about sleep paralysis and astral projection? In general, they all say that proper sleep hygiene and stress management can help ease symptoms of sleep paralysis or help get rid of it completely. In so many sleep paralysis cases, people will often mention that they've been stressed at work, or maybe they were experiencing PTSD, or perhaps they've been depressed about something. All of those affect our sleep hygiene and our state of mind and our dreams. So it makes sense that our brains, who may be in that fight or flight or overload or something, might be able to generate these experiences for some reason or another. Doctors and scientists also refer to the out-of-body experience sensation as vestibular motor hallucinations. This produces the feeling of coming out of your body or moving your body although you are perfectly still. Remember at the beginning when I said before I experienced full-on sleep paralysis, I felt like my body was moving but it wasn't? Apparently it's called vestibular motor hallucinations, and it kind of makes sense to me. However, I don't think that means there isn't something really powerful, mysterious, and potentially useful going on here. And in the 1980s at least, neither did the CIA. Online for anyone's viewing pleasure is a 29-page CIA document titled Analysis and Assessment of the Gateway Process. Based on ideas from the Monroe Institute for Experiential Expanded Consciousness, the document states, quote, The gateway experience is a training system designed to bring enhanced strength, focus and coherence to the amplitude and frequency of brainwave output between the left and right hemispheres so as to alter consciousness, moving it outside the physical sphere so as to ultimately escape even the restrictions of time and space. Now, one of the Monroe Institute's ideas was something called hemisync, which is what the CIA program was trying to channel. Hemisync occurs when both sides of the brain line up in perfect frequency and vibration together, producing potentially spiritual or enlightening experiences. So ultimately, the idea is with certain sounds and frequencies, we can produce these vibrations and these vibrations can produce out-of-body experiences. And like if you've ever used binaural beats, I've used that once because it was recommended to me to help me go to sleep and I'm kind of believing in this idea that certain sounds and frequencies can produce 
out-of-body experiences because when I just listened to the frequency one, not the one with the music, but just the frequency, I legit did feel, I felt super relaxed, but I felt like my body was vibrating and I, I didn't like the feeling and so I haven't listened to one of those things since. But we all know by now that the government and the military do all these experiments and they experiment with human consciousness and then they gaslight us all into believing that we're crazy for believing in things like out-of-body experiences. But anyway, before we end, I said I would leave you with a funny sleep paralysis experience I had because I don't want you guys to have nightmares tonight and I don't want to have nightmares tonight. And almost always when I talk about sleep paralysis, I end up having either really bad nightmares or I have a sleep paralysis episode myself. But anyway, before we go, I said I would leave you with a funny sleep paralysis episode to kind of lighten the mood a bit because I don't want anyone getting nightmares and I don't want to have nightmares. So one night around Christmas time last year, I woke up and I was in sleep paralysis. And honestly, I was kind of like annoyed, like really, it's been so long since I had had a sleep paralysis episode and I was like legit super paralyzed, like this was a severe case. And earlier that night, I had just got done decorating, I decorated my tree, I made my little Christmas village. And so I wake up in sleep paralysis and I'm just gonna, you know, wait it out. But I see this nutcracker soldier in the corner of my room and it's about three to four feet tall. It's got the Nutcracker toy soldier hat. It's got the little toy rifle. Like if you've ever seen the ballet, the Nutcracker, it looked like the little toy soldiers. And the first thing I thought was like, freaking really? Other people get to see all these cool extra dimensional spiritual beings or aliens and I get a weird Nutcracker guy. Okay, but then it started running at me with its arms moving in that tight, rigid, toy soldier-like way and everything. But before it got to me, to take me away to the demented version of the Nutcracker land of sweets or whatever, I woke up. And I just had to laugh because like, of course my brain would conjure up a demented Nutcracker doll. And so with that, just remember that sometimes sleep paralysis can be funny, maybe. Maybe not a lot of the time, but sometimes it can be funny. So paranormal or not, try not to be afraid of whatever you might see during sleep paralysis. Besides in the movies, no one has ever been harmed by sleep paralysis entities, so I think you're good. Next time, we're talking about UFOs in the 1800s, so until then, take care, everyone. Thank you.